0: And it's been a year. I was just looking through our notes from the last year's episode, because it's been a year since we've last recorded the predictions for 2022 this year. And I feel like a year is a really short time.
1: There might be a shift towards something different. People mm-hmm. are using it differently, maybe. But I think there could be a new golden age. No, not to make any predictions, but the, you know, what's cool, what's useful what's awesome about social media is changing
0: hi this is the marketing meeting and i'm your host itir eraslan every two weeks i meet with experts and we talk about topics related to brands marketing and businesses we sometimes add random lifestyle topics too i hope you enjoy the show So hi, everyone. This is the Marketing Meeting, and I'm Uttar. Today, I'm joined by my special guest and partner in crime when it comes to the New Year predictions. (laughs) So Zineb, welcome. Thank you so much, Itır, for having me (laughs) back again. (laughs) Yeah, and it's been a year. I was just looking through our notes from the last year's episode because it's been a year since we've last recorded the predictions for 2022 this year. And I feel like a year is a really short time. (laughs) Don't you think so? (laughs) And then I looked at the predictions that we did. Some of them really happened. But then I said, okay, I mean, we don't see like major change within a year, you know. Looking to the topics that we have discussed over there, because like that we've discussed things a year ago to the listeners who haven't listened to that. We discuss going back to fundamentals. You especially mentioned that because everyone is going towards past wins and hacks. Rather than that, brands will really look after what's their purpose? What are the fundamentals that they need to do as a brand? I think this has kind of evolved a bit this year people start to understand that hacks doesn't work because everyone is doing the hacks. I mean, and it's quite democratized. Everyone knows the hacks. The other thing was video on the rise, which at that time when we were discussing this Instagram was not pushing too much with reels already. So yeah, we know that. And I talked about audio and audio search would be a trend. Well, audio search is still not that a trend, but I believe in that. If you see so many people, launching podcasts and also advertisers giving um, ads also to the podcast. That's a trend. And we talk about cookies, ads, and privacy policies that's going to come into their lives. And I already told that Facebook ads will not be working that much in the next year, which already happens. And we talked about the NFTs, which we're going to talk today probably. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see how it changes in the NFT world. <laughs> So, I mean, what I think is that rather than doing predictions, because probably we're going to see in the summer, we're going to see so many people talking about predictions for the new year and so on. It's going to come up in the next two or three weeks. But rather than doing a prediction like a fortune teller, we just touch base on a few topics that are important for marketers and for the marketing world, for brands. And we see, okay, what are the problems on each topic and how can it evolve? And some suggestions on how it can evolve, right? Would that be okay?
1: That would be amazing. I hope everyone listening will enjoy that.
0: Yeah. Let's start with social media because that's the hot topic, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, because everything was feeling like it's social media, which is not. But I would like to start by asking this question to kick off. Is the golden age of social media coming to an end synapse?
1: What do you think? Wow. I think we could do a whole session just on that question. <laughs> we can do <laughs> that. What a question. First of all, I hope not, it I hope not. <laughs> I hope yes, not. I, hope I mean to. yeah, um, a big part of my business is social media, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really do hope not. I mean, that aside, I don't think we're there yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of potential, a lot of potential and a lot of people that have not yet gotten on social or they're not even social on social, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the stats. Just thinking of LinkedIn, what was it like? The average number of minutes per month per user is like on LinkedIn is like, what, 19 minutes or something like that? Something really, really low compared to my, I won't disclose how long I spend on LinkedIn every day type of a thing, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) We are are creators. I mean,
1: not so many people are creating content there at the moment. But I think there's still an opportunity. There might be a shift. Mm -hmm. There might be a shift towards something different. People Mm -hmm. are using it differently, maybe. But I think there could be a new golden age. No, not to make any predictions but the you know what's cool what's useful what's awesome about social media is changing
0: yeah yeah i agree when i think about golden age i was telling that okay there was an opportunity and no one was here and then brands and some creators and even non-creators who became creators later on Tapped into that opportunity, like of big growth, okay, big numbers and so on. And then we saw that it's over for sure. I mean, it's not easy to grow. You have to do some other things. And then when we think about now, Facebook is in decline. They laid off so many people, you know, the chaos in Twitter. On my side, what I see as social media is that I think we are kind of evaluating it wrongly because if you think about, let's say, TikTok or YouTube, they are almost like a broadcaster, right? It's like pure entertainment. The other day I was at Sweet Green and I was checking the guys who were dining solo and then they're all watching TikTok and then they didn't mute the sound. They were not using any headphones. They were all watching TikTok and getting entertained while they're eating their dinners. And I'm saying, okay, this is not social media. Okay, right. I mean, of course, this is social media, but this is where social media has evolved. Because if you think about social media, it started as connection, community, meeting with friends, finding friends. Now, some of the social media that we know of, just like TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, although I don't use it, they are like one-way broadcasters and they are entertainment channels. So, I mean, in that sense, I see social media going into three directions, which is the case actually right now. One of them is a place where you build a community, you connect with people, especially for brands. This can be a customer service channel because you directly communicate with your customers there. And there is no better medium to do that rather than social media, because if they don't land to your website, even in the website, you cannot chat with them, right? So it's a pure communication channel and community customer service channel. That's one thing. The other thing is the newsfeed, which is Feet, which is, for example, Twitter is giving that already. It's that type of a social media. And the other thing is the entertainment part. So when you think about TV channels, for example, you have CNN, you have ABC, which are two completely different things. And then you have reality channels where you just watch stuff just to get entertained and you also have education channels like net geo discovery channel and so on and then people watch all of these right i mean they consume content at all of these. and you don't say okay cnn has become a boring place because it's only news people with tucked uh, t-shirts i go or that we don't say that i mean because that's what it is so that's why i see that The social media has evolved in that direction. Some will be quite entertainment and broadcasting. Some will be a place where we build communities and communicate. I mean, of course, if there is a social media channel that taps into all of these and will be able to do both news, communication, community and also entertainment at the same time, I don't know that. Uh, That's well done if they can manage to do that. But I see that social media platforms also kind of divided into these three segments within themselves. That's what I see.
1: That's interesting. I like these three sort of elements and -hmm. it got me thinking, I just looked at YouTube and I'm like, okay, so YouTube has three, the community part, it's not the strong suit, right? Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, you have the community, it's super strong, right? Right. You have the entertainment. When it comes to the news, well, it could, it depends on your feed. It depends, you know, how well your feed is filtered and, and all that. It depends. And then TikTok, I mean, TikTok is just pure entertainment, a little bit of community. To be honest, most of the community, community quote unquote feeling that I might get on TikTok. I consume a lot and create very little for now mm-hmm. is... From the people that i already know from linkedin oh yeah right so that's different it doesn't count right yeah that doesn't really count yeah but i was thinking of uh for example the happy leader show
0: ah i didn't watch that what's the happy the, uh, Leader show?
1: and the right so it's a youtube show pure youtube show it's 15 minutes
0: that's right yeah. and it
1: has a nice mix of entertainment and learning you know they talk about serious topics but in, in an entertaining way God forbid we should use the word edutainment, right? But then the community, it's on a platform where the community part, yeah, is lacking. So it's super interesting, those three points that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, because the chats with the community is happening probably on LinkedIn, not on the YouTube feed,
1: right? There is also there in that chat, but -hmm. it's not the same because it's not like I'm going to go and follow someone's profile. and I don't know. I'm not there for that. I have that on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But let's see. I mean, like every platform is trying to capture all. But for example, if you think about newsfeed, that's the best thing I think about in Twitter because it's a newsfeed. And then rather than going to Washington Post or New York Times, you just go to Twitter and you get the updates, right? I think Facebook is getting out of the news because they also have a newsfeed. So it's kind of I think it's evolving. And then what I would suggest from brands to do going forward in 2023 is that there are three ways that you can communicate to your customers, right? I mean, to your potential clients, let's say. One of them is just use it as a customer service. Maybe have a plan on how do you build the community? What are the channels you're going to build the community on social media? But then for entertainment channels or education channels like TikTok or YouTube, if you ask me... I will say TikTok is entertainment and education is YouTube, Then try to capture their attention in a unique way, right? I mean, because now my next topic would be touch-basing on content, which we are going to make a smooth transition to content. I think whatever you produce, you produce something different. It's not going to be different in a few weeks because everyone will repeat that. So that's why I really expect brands... To come up with really clever and creative ideas to do on these platforms in social media. Otherwise, it's, I mean, just doing mediocre stuff, just good enough content for the sake of capturing some attention doesn't work anyway. So now my next topic is content. How do you think it's going to well, what's For example, first of all, what's the problem
1: in content right now? Content right now, one of the biggest problems is that it's... Useless and it's boring. The biggest problem, like if someone has a problem with their content, that's probably that it's useless because they're not talking about the stuff that they need to be talking about and it's boring. They're not making it easy, entertaining, easy to consume for either their IC or the network of people that support that person that are never going to become customers, anyways, right? Because we all know that there are so many lurkers out there. But it's thanks to the support network that we have that enjoy engaging with our content and they challenge us, they poke fun, they right that makes it great to actually be on social media every single day. Thanks Mm -hmm. to them, they're the ones that boost the reach so that the lurkers can actually see that, right? So I would say it's not very useful and it's boring, yeah. I think there is like the
0: dilemma of being too serious, which is boring. I think uh, the brands are having that problem because they need to communicate and business is serious. And if they don't let the employees take care of this and make it less serious, then they think, okay, it's not going to be professional. So that's one dilemma. The other dilemma is in terms of other than the boringness is there is laziness in my opinion. Laziness to try to be fast, try to create fast content. And that laziness actually comes from the problem of social media again. It's linked to social media a lot because what happens is that, okay, we know... If you post more, if you post too much content, then you're going to gain traction, right? And the algorithms favor the fast and furious. That's why, I mean, people are trying to produce so much content. And then if you need to produce too much content, you have to just give up from some of the elements, which is the quality of it. That's why I think I see that people try to capture attention fast, which doesn't happen. And they create too much content. That's the problem. So I think we need to really leave the laziness part. And we should really believe that if you cannot post every day, it's okay to post in every other day, right? Mm-hmm. But for me as a brand person, I think every brand needs to create quality content. That's the thing. And by quality content, I don't mean that it needs to be serious. It doesn't need to be. I mean, you don't need to push one to not to look serious. I mean... Not boring doesn't equal to being fun, right? I think those are the things, the tone that we are using as a brand need to shift. That's interesting.
1: That's interesting. I mean, there's something that you brought up, creating too much content, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this idea, and I think we crossed in a thread, you and I on LinkedIn about this topic. Yeah, it's And it's also connected to the laziness that you mentioned, which I find very interesting. So we have a main message or what we should be talking about, right? What we want to be known for, etc. right? Mm-hmm. If that's clear, then the how you're going to do it, whether you do it, you know, you have one post, even those that post twice a day, right? So you can have one post that that is in line with that 100%, right? Mm-hmm. With whatever you want to be talking about. And then the delivery can change every single day, it can change the delivery of that. The people who repurpose content. I mean, even if you were to repurpose word for word, a lot of people wouldn't even remember. (laughs) It would still, you know, right? People don't really remember. Very few remember, right? So people don't remember. So this whole laziness, I mean, it's good to be a bit lazy so that you could do a bit more repurposing, but add that, think about how to make it, how to play that attention game, how to make it interesting for whether it's your ic or your supporters your fans your whatever we want to call them right Mm -hmm. it's adding thinking about the delivery so we can talk about i can talk about brand amplification message amplification but if all i say is you need to amplify your brand no i'll give examples i'll maybe one day take an example from my life another one i'll take an example from a customer right analogies analogies work very very well right Mm -hmm. so laziness i think it's good because we had to create something from scratch and super creative all the time at least for personal brands Mm -hmm. that's a little difficult right yeah however creativity i agree with you is that i can't remember who said that quote it's the last competitive advantage creativity for brands Hmm.
0: yeah yeah and also there is the other in terms of quality for example i'm I'm not going to give a name of that brand, but there's a brand that I really like. And I really also take face from, I used to take face from their pictures, images and the things that they post. And while I'm creating a photo brief, for example, I used to look to their website for inspiration. But now when I open their social media, my eyes are burning. I mean, (laughs) we call it like that in Turkish. I mean, like my eyes are hurting. Because I mean, like, They're a coffee chain and then the light, the propositions and the positioning of the image. It's just like, I mean, if you give it to me, I would do it much better, right? I mean, like (laughs) there is no artistic thing about their feet, probably because that they think, okay, this is social media, we have to post more. And so probably they gave it to an agency or maybe to an intern to take care of it. And that's what it is right now, right? I was just thinking about it yesterday. I was chatting it on my feed on LinkedIn with someone. He made really perfect points about, you know, artistic part of creatives really lacking a lot. And then when I brief a photographer to do a shoot, like a real photographer, but not the high level ones, but like the good, decent photographer, Within a day, they can only shoot 10 or maximum 15 images. I mean, they, of course, take like hundreds of images, but they say, okay, I can only deliver you 10 or 15 images. That's it, after a day of shooting, full day. And then I start pushing them to deliver more. And then what I recognize is that if I ask them to deliver more than 10 or 15 images, the quality is really going down because there is like an artistic piece. You have to do styling. You have to take care of the light you have to shoot the same thing maybe a hundred times in order to come up with the best image. That's how photography works. So that's the, I think, the dilemma because and now everybody's shooting the same thing with the, the iPhone democratize every content creator, which is good. But the thing is that no one is looking after producing pieces that looks like art or pieces that are looking creative, right? I think... We have the responsibility as marketers that are experienced in this area. We have the responsibility to push it more. If we see mediocre stuff, we should just criticize it and we should really keep on talking about it on and on because I'm so fed up seeing really bad stuff, eye-hurting stuff, from especially from the brands, global brands, multinational brands, whatever. They, I think, have to stop being lazy and put some budgets and uh, put some creative thinking behind and come up with great content. That's what I see. And I hope I can see more of that in 2023. Let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing about content is actually that comes to another same point, I think. AI, especially for copywriting. Well, content copywriting, for me, it's almost the same thing. It's under the same umbrella. Uh, AI copywriting is also quite a lot on the rise, although we had that in 2021, through. But what do you think about AI and copywriting?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's another big one. There are a couple of tools, for example, that as soon as they launched, I was one of the first ones to test. Well, the first ones, I'm sure they had the alpha testers and I wasn't part of that, but you know, before they actually launched and put a price on it. And that was super interesting. From what I've seen so far, my conclusion is that these tools are great to help kickstart or inspire certain parts of your creative process. Mm -hmm. But I don't today, I don't see it as a, okay, I'm going to take whatever it gives me and use that without any human interaction. I know a few people that create posts, blogs, 100% based on these AI tools and they're quite impressive. They're quite impressive, to be honest. So, for the lazy, right? We're, let's go back to the lazy, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. The automation I mean, is not lazy. It's good if you are <laughs> taking advantage of that. It's good, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the lazy, the good lazy, the good lazy. The good lazy, yeah. Yeah, the good lazy. Let's say a company, part of its content strategy is, you know, blogs, right? Yeah. yeah. If they test it and benchmark, I'm big on experimenting and testing stuff and seeing if it works for you, if it doesn't work for you. But I feel like it can help in the creative process, at least for me, and then to actually pump out something done that I can use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about because you? I'm,
0: Yeah, for copywriting, it depends, as you say, I mean, if it's for SEO purposes and then you have to create these blocks or long chains of content, then it can work, but Some parts of business will not use copywriting, AI copywriting too much because, I mean, for example, I mean, at the moment we can access everything on the web, any type of information and the information that stands out is coming from the experts. If I want to read something from a real expert in marketing, then I would not go to a blog from a social media app platform, something like that. Or I would not go and read an AI copywritten thing. So that's why I still believe, I don't call it laziness using AI for copywriting, but I believe that there definitely should be a human touch. And that human touch should not come from an intern level person. That human touch should come from somebody that actually knows the topic. I'm not against interns, by the way. i mean. Like, this is not to say that, definitely. <laughs> uh, there are like great people out there, but I'm just thinking about if you are writing an expert copy or blog, then there should be like an I who is just like catching the mistakes and then adding some touch-ups. It's like a teamwork, working with an AI copywriter and an expert. It's I think a, copy, um, a teamwork. That's what I see.
1: Like translation. I recently dabbled in that industry mm-hmm. the client work and of course there's the 100% human translation and then you have the one that's automatic with a human review just oh, in okay. case but the difference the difference is that for a copy that is client facing that your website for example your sales email sequences and all that that goes more towards human 100% human right yeah but if it's just faqs and this type of a thing which is it's just literally how much does it cost or do you have shipping or do you not sh- like that's easy then yeah, you exactly. could use right so how sensitive the data is sure yeah
0: yeah yeah uh the other pro- the, the other not problem <laughs> i'm in a critical mode today the other area that i would like to touch base is the ads Mm -hmm. And how it's going to evolve, because we know that a lot of advertisers are pulling away from Twitter, although I don't have so many people around me that were giving Twitter ads, by the way. And LinkedIn, I know that their ads are quite expensive, and I don't know if it's quite working or not. People switched a lot to TikTok, but that's also an area. If As a brand, you are not native to TikTok, and if you don't feel comfortable within that space then I don't know what's going on. But I think a lot of people are just trying to understand, okay, shall we pull our ads from Instagram and put them to TikTok? There is this dilemma and everybody is looking after another and trying to find some best practices of what others are doing. And this is a good time to talk about ads because many brands are getting ready with the budget plannings right now. I mean, they're allocating what are they going to spend where now.
1: What's your take on this? I don't have the experience you do with brands and ads, but I can talk about, I mean, there are smaller companies and I work mostly with personal brands, but I could tell you, I follow Stephen Schmidt on LinkedIn and he's also, you know, he's big on video. Yeah, He's big on TikTok. He's been producing TikToks consistently for months now, I think, or since September. And he did a post one day on how he just tried he put like 20 bucks or 50 bucks in tiktok as just a test right mm-hmm. and i remember mentioning it to one of my clients and we're like okay why don't you just test it it's true just test it yeah so the reason i'm saying this is because it's always good to just test stuff right
0: exactly yeah <laughs> and, and to try test stuff. i mean
1: yeah, and, and try it and of course, you know, for personal brands, for example, or those that have smaller budgets, $20, 50 a 100 is good, right? I can even do that someday and it will yeah. make for an interesting LinkedIn post. But bigger brands with bigger budget could probably do something a bit more sizable and even hire someone, a TikTok ad specialist for that, right? For that specific test. Why not?
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think in that sense, we tend to follow, I mean, the brands tend to follow what others are doing and saying. If someone says, okay, Facebook ads are no longer working, we don't see the return. Okay, yeah, five years ago, the post per click for a Facebook ad, it's tremendously cheap, right? Okay, those were the days, those were the golden age, let's say. You're still going to have a return on your money, but it's not going to be as much as it used to be. For example, we do lots of Facebook and Instagram ads with my agency. And for some brands, it's working a lot. I mean, like, of course, the cost per clicks are increasing day by day. But the thing is that there is still a return. I mean, it's not like zero and it's not like, OK, we cannot reach anyone at all. If something is working, either it's Facebook ads, Instagram ads or you are completely very comfortable with TikTok ads and you see a huge return, Then just go ahead, continue doing that, right? But I'm also, like, as you said, I'm into testing a lot. For example, if you are planning for the next year, the budget for the next year, if Facebook ads are working, continue doing that, but also spare some money to test some other platforms too, Let's say if you have like $100 as a whole budget, maybe put like $10 to test TikTok or to test LinkedIn, If which one looks better for you. I don't know, because every brand is different. And then that doesn't mean if TikTok ads are working for someone, that doesn't mean it's going to work for every brand. So that's why I'm into testing different platforms a lot. And also like we should think about this is social media we are talking only right now. I think we should also talk about, okay, if there are also other things that you can put ads, you can take a billboard if you are a big brand. I think that still works if it's done really perfectly. And then you can also try Google Performance Max. You can also try Disney Plus ads, which just launched this year. There are like, you know, Netflix is coming up with ads. Disney is coming up with the ad platform. So I think, of course, if you're a small brand, you're not going to be able to give ads in Disney, but... For bigger brands, I think it's important to try out different media channels and try out different mediums to reach to the customers so that you have a base on understanding because it takes time to learn. I mean, even with Instagram ads, which everyone says, oh, it's so easy. You just do it in the app and that's it. No, I mean, like if you use the business suite for meta, it's completely a different thing. You just test different creatives. You just test different copies. And then you optimize. It's like a continuous process. You have to learn it. It's not so easy. You just need to work with like people that are experts in that area. So I'm also into testing out new things. And I don't think that Facebook ads will die one day. I mean, because coming back to the first topic that we talked about, social media, I don't think that people will going to leave social media within a year and then Just live a life without any digital distraction. I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Absolutely. And everyone, all those people that are leaving Twitter, they're going to have, they're going to need somewhere else to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's in in our
0: lifestyle now. It's so rooted now. I mean, like, I can't think of a day, although I'm not like a huge digital user, I cannot think of a day that I don't spend any time in social media at all. I mean, probably I would either go to a monastery <laughs> to take a meditation, <laughs> full meditation class. <laughs> Other than that, it's like at least we spent 30 minutes because it's the place that we get the feeds, that we connect with people. I don't think people will going to leave that within a year. I cannot talk about five years ahead, but... I don't yeah. think it's gonna happen within <laughs> a year, so don't worry, people. <laughs> maybe coming to an end, we can talk about influencer marketing, maybe, mm-hmm. because that's a very hot topic. Okay, related to social media content ads. Then
1: influencer marketing. Yeah, influencer marketing. I mean, everyone that you mentioned with uh, content. That the iPhone has made everyone a content creator with their iPhones making videos, etc. Not everyone has the best quality, et cetera. And I feel like everyone has the potential to become an influencer yeah. <laughs> nowadays, right? So Look we can be the... <laughs> right. But you are
0: not everyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> you are unique in that sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're all influencers in our own little ways, right? It just yeah, this example just popped in my head right now. I did a post on my new mic, right?
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: So the first time I posted about the the new mic, someone bought that mic thanks to that post. So did I influence a purchase? There you go. I purchased something on Amazon Prime. I purchased a cube counter to improve. I'm working on my productivity. So just to put like 30 minutes, I have 30 minutes for this task and it just rings. it's like
0: a Pomodoro watch. Exactly. Uh
1: And that's from seeing someone's post. And Mm. since I'm working on it these weeks, I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I need. Okay, let's go. And I purchased it right away, right? Perfect. They've influenced me, right? We tend to think influencers, you know, millions and millions of followers, et cetera. But we heard people talk about nano influencers last year already. You know, the people with smaller audiences are the ones with the highest impact, blah, blah, and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm really seeing that even for personal brands right now. And... I was checking if there was
0: anyone that did predictions for 2023 or whatever. But <laughs> even in starting with 2019, all the predictions people are doing is like influencer marketing will still be the king. <laughs> even for 2023, people are writing the same things. It's just like it's coming up again and again for influencers. I have. One observation, influencers were really good because why it was good, because we thought that we were getting unbiased user testimonial type of feedback from them, right? Because if influencer is suggesting something, then it's like a real user using it and promoting it. But now everybody knows that these influencers, especially the medium and the macro influencers, they are all paid and they have to, like, because of the regulations, they have to put ads and all of these things. So I think the expectations that we set for influencers has changed a lot. It used to be like a real unbiased customer testimonial feeling. That's why the hype was really high. And then the return on investment for influencer marketing was really high because influencers were not charging that much. But influencer marketing is a good channel to create some brand awareness, since everyone knows that these influencers are getting paid, they would still go and look for other channels to get confirmation before they purchase from you. For example, I'm quite into coffee. I really search and travel the city to find the good coffee. And now I'm in a new city. I'm looking for good coffee. And I have like some New York influencers that I follow in order to find where they're going and so on. And I can already tell, okay, there's a big influencer. He's into coffee also. I'm checking the place that he recommended. And after I check those places, because he has like five or six places, I cannot go to all of them at the same time. I also do a double check on Yelp going through customer reviews. And I especially go to the lower customer you know, reviews because also in Yelp, you know that many of the things are sponsored. They really pay people to do testimonials for them to do unreal testimonials i check yelp and then i check their website to see what are they doing what are they posting and so on and then i go and enter the store and then sometimes i go out because i'm just like okay this is not right Because when when I enter a coffee shop, I understand if I'm going to like it or not. So you understand what I mean? I'm like, I mean, influencer is a good place to create brand awareness. But again, it comes to the laziness. You shouldn't be lazy because it's like the whole customer experience that you have to think about. Is your reviews good? I mean, is your website giving enough of information? Is your Yelp account giving the correct information about your hours? Is your Instagram account is giving like some inspiration when some people land on it? So it's all about creating this whole customer experience. And then it doesn't end there. If it's a physical business, that's just like a coffee shop, then you have to make sure that the workers are good. You have good baristas in place, if that's the most important thing for a coffee shop. You know, those type of elements. I think it's like now influencer marketing is a good part to create awareness, but it's not enough. I mean you have to make sure that you have to check all the other boxes in order to see the return and not be lazy. I think the theme of this conversation is about laziness. (laughs)
1: Especially on my side. I really hope that you find the perfect coffee. Uh, Cafe and uh, coffee and all that. Yeah, I really hope you do. And you know, it when you were explaining that, I kept thinking it's a trust issue. Period. Exactly. It's a trust yeah. issue because I really enjoy content that gives advice or recommends a tool or something, but explains their context also so mm-hmm. that you can say, ah, this is for me, or this is not for me, or this is for my friend, either right? Because yeah. I understand the context, not just because I'm a big fan of this person and I want to be this person, so I'm just going to buy it anyways. No, there's a bit more understanding because otherwise... Once I get there, like you said, if the way they treat you in the store doesn't align, if the website experience clashes, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment. And if you've paid for that awareness, then, you know, it all goes. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And also, yeah. like, when you think about work with influencers, I mean, that was also the fundamental of an influencer marketing work a few years ago. You have to build that collaboration because if the influencer doesn't feel like they are a part of a brand and they like the brand, people will sense that. Even from the word that you use on your Instagram post, people will get that. For example, that coffee shop example that I gave you, that guy normally, he's really good in promoting places. But for example, for that coffee shop that I do not like, he said, one of the places in the city that I visit. It's just like that. So one of the places, he's not like one of my favorite coffee shops. He didn't say that. You know what I mean? I mean, like people that are into that space, that are into that product or service level, they understand it. I mean, like they understand it from the tone of your voice. So you have to build those influencers relationships just like you build community. It needs to be really organic. Otherwise, that jacket will not look good on that influencer and nobody will buy that. And you just waste your time and energy.
1: That was a great, great point. I 100% agree with you uh, there. I even tried it more from not the bigger brands, but I even tried using my brand to sort of build awareness for a client, right? Because it was Mm -hmm. something that I believed in, but still... I quickly, after two, three weeks, I realized this is not going to work. A, because the founder has a lot more authority than I do
0: in Mm. the space.
1: So why not double down on that? Right. So going back to the intern side, nothing against the interns, but right. So that makes more sense. But also to me and the message, the stuff that I talk about, all of a sudden my audience is like, what? What's this? What are you talking Mm. about? Right. Like you were surprised by his way of talking. I'm sure a few people were surprised that all of a sudden I started talking even if I did explain the transition but like why are you all of a sudden talking about this so mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. hmm. and
0: people started also talking about not a new trend but something that we are going to see more I think in 2023 is the employee advocacy yeah which especially for B2B I think it started to like Chris Walker let's say He's like an employee of a place. I don't know if he has shares or not. But then that's the reason why I know about their brand, about their identity. I have an awareness about that brand. So I think it, employees talking about the brand or promoting the brand is will be a new thing. At the moment, some are done really unprofessionally or we don't buy that. But I think employee advocacy is something that is going to be on the rise for the new year
1: and it ties perfectly with the social media right oh, I so because the employees letting them be on social and empowering them to be on social and giving them more leeway to be them and still talk about the stuff that you know the company mm-hmm. i think it's that's where it is i mean if employees are not rooting for you they're not spreading the word not talking about you in the right way they're sending the wrong message we i think we start from within first it's a really nice exercise yeah
0: yeah 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 i agree to wrap up with i'm gonna tell like a general overview about 2023 because 2022 and even 2021 like the last two years i think it was like the big boom from COVID, everything was going to online, everything is digitalized, everyone is now on Zoom, now Riverside and so on. The tech exploded because of that. And now we see that that explosion is in the bad way, in the negative way. So we see that, okay, it's not only about tech, but it's also about inflation everywhere, the war and so on. In that sense, I see the new year as a way that things will maybe clash more and people will not be able to talk too much about metaverse, NFTs, and so on, because things are crashing. But it's going to be a time where the good ones will stay. So that's why I think we will talk about a lot of economy, crisis, and so on within this year. But I see it as an opportunity that, okay, some weak chains will go because there was a boom on everything. There was a balloon around, especially tech. Of course, the layoffs are really bad. But if you look at these numbers from, let's say, from Twitter, from Meta, the People that they laid are much less than people that they hired within a year. Still, there is growth in that area. But it's just like a year of settlement, if you ask me. There will probably more be chaos. But after the chaos, the sea will be warm again. And then the things that doesn't work will be going away. And I'm hopeful for the new year ahead. I am too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I hope that we're going to continue doing this series. So we talked about things that have been working in social media. We jumped to content, things that are working and not working. I criticized the lazy brands and lazy marketers a lot. (laughs) And (laughs) we talked about ads that are not working. And we said, okay, we should be testing stuff and trying new things. And we talked about finally influencer marketing, which is okay. Let's set the expectations first. And then I would like to really close the conversation by giving a message to all the fellow marketers and especially the young brand marketers. Because the thing is that I think it's important to ask ourselves what type of a brand I want to be or what type of a marketing person I want to be. You can say, okay, I'm going to be fast and furious. I'm not going to pay attention to quality. I'm going to be the one that creates like 10 content within a day and then hack the algorithms. That's okay. I mean, some people will be fast, will be fast runners, and then they would be fine without not quality content, right? Or without good enough content. But just ask yourself if you are that person or if you are a person that believes in quality, good, spare your stuff and if you are that person then still try to push your manager, try to push your CEO, your founder, to come up with good quality stuff and be the worse of that. That's what I would say for all the
1: young marketers out in the space. <laughs> and if I may, again yes, bring up sure. one from last year, which is it has been one from uh, I think I have a feeling we've been talking about this one for five years. And it's still time for that is video.
0: Ah, yes,
1: it's video, right? So, as a message to those marketers, also is video.
0: But do you feel comfortable with video that you shoot only yourself, or you are comfortable with video just like this as an interview style? For me, myself. Yes, for you, huh?
1: Oh, I always laughed that I'm terrible at hitting record and looking at the camera and scripted. Not well. I, I think I I might do a little better at unscripted if it's just whatever, but I'm just terrible at that. I will someday learn and get better and improve, but I'm terrible at that. And plus I found something that works very well, which is since the Zoom frenzy, we have so many calls, so much content, so many trainings, so many webinars. We just pick snippets from there and use them to further our message, right? But I have huge respect for people that could just stand there and be entertaining and interesting and build stories, right? Yeah. Uh, huge respect.
0: Yeah. But I mean, if you are good in the interview style, then why not, right? Hmm. Yeah. Not everyone <laughs> needs to be a solo videographer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm like that too. Okay. So yeah, Zineb, thanks a lot. And then no, till you. next time, which is going to be probably 2023 December. We're going to be here and talking. I hope I'll
1: be still... Not in this space, but around the city. (laughs) Etzer, thank you so much for having me, and uh, thank you for everyone who's listening.